wall. What's the matter? Take it easy. Just relax. There's plenty of time. What is it? Someone's at the door. Don't go. Please. I want a baby. What? Excuse me? Let's go around the side. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 92, Species. That's right, another critically acclaimed. (laughs) It's another, um, it's one of those like special kind of almost forbidden feeling 90s nudity movies for me. Oh yeah. It just kind of came out. In a few year stretch there. Well, I can remember. I think we talked about this, yeah, a little bit the other day when we were watching it. But I, I certainly never saw this movie when I was a kid. But it it had, like, a whole folklore to it for being, like, one of those movies that some of my friends, like, somehow got to watch or something. Like this, <laughs> Showgirls. And you're like, <laughs> it was like, it would blow your mind that they'd be describing like these movies with so much nudity in them yeah i mean i kind of put this yeah the like showgirls might be there and then like um like wild things oh because it had like a very famous scene a couple scenes really and uh even even though it's just the one scene just because it was like a movie that was like seemingly aimed at like 13 year old boys like starship troopers which had like a little bit of nudity yeah oh definitely like things like that got the and that came out like a little later, I think. Well, maybe not. Maybe it was like '97, but yeah, something. Yeah, I like mean, that. these kind of movies certainly got like this reputation amongst like you know early adolescent well, boys yeah. of my age range, and it was like it was this perfect there was time a period draw there before pornography was just like readily available to everyone 24 hours a day yeah, we so had to rely on mainstream movies for but just not just for kids not just, not just for kids though for right. even because most adults weren't gonna go to a store and buy like porn i mean some do but like you know i mean it come was, on have some dignity <laughs> well i mean i can't say that i've never yeah but it's been, been a in. while <laughs> from true. what i've heard yeah that's true but I mean, well, why would you need to now? Right. But so I'm saying, like, even, like, for regular people. Although there's certainly enough of those stores out there still. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they cater to a certain. Drive through the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> you'll see a few. But 
I mean, I just think that these kind of movies definitely, you know, filled a void, so to speak. They, they, everyone knew what they were for, and this is basically kind of a fun sci-fi version. It's almost like Alien meets like Skinamax. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Where the hook, like this movie, just has like a an unbelievable elevator pitch. Like you're just able to convey what this is so quickly. And most people, as long as the chick is hot enough, are just going to be like, yes, this works. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, come basically, on. It's like, hard to argue with that. They're like, there's this alien-human hybrid who basically is the hottest chick you've ever seen running around Some trying to have sex. with his hand raised. Uh, who's the chick? They march like Natasha Hedstridgen. They're like, yep, you got it. What, like, we what don't need budget the ca- you're looking for? <laughs> we don't need to cast anyone famous. Just really hot. And willing to be nude, and that's it. Yeah, and we'll throw in a couple of gory effects or whatever, and you know, some awful CGI. Yeah, well, you know, the CGI was reminiscent of uh, Deep Rising, a movie you oh, know, we did yeah. a couple. Well, episodes another back, one that but... kind of fits that bill, except no nudity in Deep Rising, right? Or was there? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, why even have a movie like that then? Which I believe is probably something we said on that episode. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I would say the CGI in this is minimal, though. It's It doesn't overwhelm you like it does in Deep Rising, because uh, they did blend in practical effects uh, with the bad CGI. Also, so there are a couple of parts uh, that look fairly decent. From an acting standpoint, they've brought in some heavy hitters here. We have Ben Kingsley, Gandhi... Correct. Uh, Forrest Whitaker. Two Academy Award winners for Best Actor right. on this cast. Yes. Now, granted, not at the time, only one, but... Well, come on, but I mean, <laughs> you know, whoever the casting director here was had a good eye for talent. They knew where they were, where it was going for these two. Yeah, I mean, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina, yeah. Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2. Uh, Michael Madsen <laughs> and um, Marge Hellenberger, who... Honestly, probably ended up richer than all of them because she was on CSI, the most popular show oh, yeah. on television, do. for 15 years. Oh, okay. I'm sure yeah. she was. They were cranking out 20 episodes a year. She was probably getting like a million an episode every year. <laughs> I mean, it was like. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know she was on that. <laughs> uh, and then obviously a very young pre Dawson's Creek Michelle Williams, right? Also, so I mean, yeah, this casting director was on the ball. Yeah. Um, they. Now, you know, I made the obvious reference to Alien, um, H.R. Geiger, who designed a lot of the visuals for Alien, also designed the visuals for Species, um, and and I was trying to, like, nail down what his exact role in this movie was, because I was seeing things online where, do you know that... Early in the film, there's that sequence when she's still Michelle Williams and she's yeah. running from the train. It's like the train n- nightmare sequence. Where right. Like, the train looks like versions oh, of the alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sequence was not going to be filmed because the studio deemed it to be unnecessary and too expensive. And then I guess I would agree with that. By it, the way, yeah. I, well, yeah. I'm going to get to that point. But, okay. But yeah, he paid a hundred thousand dollars of his own money to film that. Committed. And he project. wasn't the director or the producer, and it's hard to even He's find like, his name. We have to do this scene. It, it, Some editor is like, "Let's cut this out," and the director's just like, "We can't." The dude put up a hundred thousand of his own money, and he was like, 
providing notes to uh, the director. I think his name's Roger Donaldson and the producers and the writers. Well, and being he was like, very committed to the project. You know, these, he listed off like a bunch of things he felt were too similar to Alien that they had to change. And I think they did change a lot of the things. Because I think there was a part where, just like Alien, there was going to be like whenever she impregnate either the right, person gonna bust either out. the male or her i don't know it was going to bust burst out of a chest just like alien there's a lot of similarities that they decided to get rid of but i it, you, you could barely like tr- you have to f- type in his name <laughs> to go to imdb and then find species on there and it's just like miscellaneous crew or something it's like if you actually just start searching through all the different uh credits on the movie i i, I couldn't even find his name but yet i keep seeing it in all these things and you know it was mentioned a lot on the audio commentary and i'm like well what exactly was his role here right right because he's and then on the audio commentary he was like designing like busts of the people's heads and like different weird jewelry items that he was giving them to natasha and stridge and i was just like yeah was he just hanging out on set like here's a hundred thousand dollars to Put the, in this ridiculous scene. Yeah, that doesn't even need to be there at um, all. By the way, and it's like when you see the alien in its true form in this movie, really kind of a weird sight. Like that, I, I don't even know. It kind of reminds me of like a doll character a little bit, but like a monster version. It it looks bizarre. Yeah, it's kind of like the um, like those things in uh, it's kind of got like that appearance of those things in the never-ending story that shoot those things out of their eyes like those stone women things with the boobs oh the southern oracle yeah that's right but except with like a longer head thing that goes back and then like out of its boobs come like boob snakes yeah (laughs) nipple snakes or something yeah and it's basically like they took like the costume designer from like uh i don't know vr troopers or power rangers or something (laughs) and are like let's make it an alien yeah so i mean the idea is i mean this is definitely a movie that's not gonna bog you down with scientific alien though what it's an alien human hybrid but like i don't understand even like the explanation that they give is kind of like i don't know it's a. It's almost like too convoluted. Maybe it's uh, tied into Cloverfield. <laughs> well, no. It's like okay. So basically, they set up this government program to send this message into space, and then 19 years later, they got a message back. And part of the message was this um, DNA code to add to our DNA to make whatever. We don't really understand what it is or whatever. Yeah. So who received this message? I what the SETI program the SETI right. I don't know what that stands for who cares okay. but basically instead of it being they sent us DNA they sent us like a code to make something so it's like it's a, it's seemingly like a couple of steps removed from actually being an alien because it seems like it's something we created based off of like a blueprint that was provided to us that's okay and with I'm, a sample I'm just, of alien DNA though. No. Just instructions. That's all that was sent. I guess. That's all what, right. That's the impression I was getting. Yeah. It's not very clear. Because later in the film, whenever the character... I don't know. The char- most of the characters' names are irrelevant. But whenever Mar- Marge Hellenberger yeah. is like... Except for Syl. Hey, we should uh, 
create this without the human part to see what we're dealing with. You know, the whole thing with the okay, right when it gets out and the, they have to set the room on fire. Like that, they're just in Los Angeles at that point on Sill's trail, and they're at some lab, and they just make it. So they cut, they jump over all those steps, I guess. But true. I don't think they were carrying anything with them. I don't, I don't know, but it just seemed like they were like, let's just make it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that sequence is insane. I mean, Ben Kingsley really, he organizes this team and then just sends them into this room. And within like two seconds, he's like, no, we can't let him out. <laughs> I mean, it's like... We have to torch the room. Yeah, and they're in there for so long. Like that sequence goes on for so long and people are like, let him out, let him out, let him out. He's like, no, we can't. We're going to have to torch the room. <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on until finally someone just opens the door. But wouldn't you be like, well, I'm quitting this mission now. Yeah. It's, it's, they all get really committed well, to this mission. Well, how they even like pick these people is kind of unclear. But before we get there, so then okay. they take this instruction and then they make they mix it with human DNA and they think that they should make her female, even though that kind of flies in the face of conventional thinking because all predatory species the female is usually the more aggressive hunter absolutely so it's kind of like an in-joke wink when he's like oh yeah we thought the female would be like more docile or whatever so that's michelle williams but she's only like three months old but michelle williams i think was like 13 or 14 or something oh right so you know it's just like this rapid growth Eventually, of course, she escapes. But this is that thing that you kept bringing up throughout the movie. It is super weird because the alien is the villain, but right out of the gate, we're kind of like, we feel bad for her. It's a young child being pursued by these scary lab people. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know what they were thinking because I was reading that there was originally a scene where the young version of Syl kills a taxi cab driver that offers to give her a ride, but she kills him for no reason. And they change that to being that transient on the train who, who like tries to attack her so that yeah. she, so they changed it so that she would appear more sympathetic. Right. And it's like, well, I don't understand why they're trying to, why they were trying to, you know, garner yeah, sympathy. We should want the team to catch and defeat the villain. Yeah. But ultimately she's just kind of this, scared confused creature that doesn't really understand its purpose and there is kind of they they flirt with the idea of getting existential with the movie i mean it's not that kind of movie it's definitely not that deep (laughs) pump the brakes but they do have her a couple of times like seemingly question her purpose and her existence and what she's doing and she doesn't really understand anything except her like primal urge to reproduce oh yeah well much to, you know, the benefit of the male population of <laughs> Los Angeles <laughs> that area. That seemed to run into her, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a hilarious premise where you have, you know, seemingly the hottest woman on the planet running around almost nude the just entire time trying to have sex somehow. with somebody, yeah. and it just keeps not working out. Yeah. <laughs> like, the one guy who... There's a part where she gets hit by a car and ends up in a hospital, and then this, like, good Samaritan type comes and you know picks her up and takes her to a hospital and puts the bill, puts it on his credit card basically cuz she doesn't have any ID or insurance because she's an alien or whatever and she heals herself like magically because she's some sort of super creature Magic. and 
walks out of the hospital and she goes home with this guy and then they're you know basically hanging out in on his back porch and he has a hot tub and I guess he goes inside for a minute and then he comes out and she's just nude in the hot tub. And he's like, all right, I guess he's this like is pulling happening. her. She's like pulling him in. She's like pulling his clothes off and like making out with him and just like throwing herself on him. And then his phone starts to ring from inside the house and he goes to get up out of the hot tub. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> I think it was a little bit too much for him. He wasn't ready. Yeah, I mean, to kind of sometimes play at I, that level. We joke about these kind of things, but like, yeah, I mean. If a 19-year-old Natasha Henstridge was coming on to me that strong, I would probably panic, too. Because <laughs> I'd yeah, be like, something's be like, I have wrong. To <laughs> right, exactly. It just feels like something is off in the universe, and I need to just remove myself from the situation. <laughs> Although it is funny, because he kind of, she, she kind of starts to win him over, and then she's like... She says something like, I need to have a baby or I want a baby now. <laughs> well, then, okay. And well, then he's like freaking yeah, out. Yeah, come on. I got to get out of here. So the whole thing is Ben Kingsley is kind of running up this operation. They try to kill Syl when she's still Michelle Williams and she breaks out, which, of course, again, just like Curry's sympathy with the audience because they're basically trying to gas a child. <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like... If you didn't know what this movie was and you didn't know that she was going to break out and what the rest of this was, you're, it's like, what am I watching right now? They're just poisoning <laughs> They're a just child? They're just murdering a kid. So she breaks out and then he has to assemble a team. That team includes all of those actors we listed before. I think like... Mad- I love uh, this trope that happens in movies where it's just like, we don't have our own like strike force or investigative unit. What we're going to do... Or the military right, or is, police people or anybody. It's just like this whole thing where we're going to organize four random people with four random jobs that we come up with a reason of how their job ties into this. Yeah. Now, in this case, we've included a person who, Forrest Whitaker, what the fuck he does, He's we don't a know. psychic. Right. Okay. So they have... Michael Madsen, who's just like a generic... He's a bag man, basically. Yeah, he's like a cleaner. He's like the, right. the wolf in Pulp Fiction or something along... Or like a bounty hunter, something along those lines, if, except he if works... If they call me and shit must be real bad, like that kind of... Yeah, and he's like... But he, he, he seemingly works like higher level things, like for the government and whatnot. And then Michael Clayton. They have a scientist, uh, Marge Hellenberger, and then they have... The psychic Forrest Whitaker. I'm not entirely sure what Alfred Molina's role is in this. Oh yeah, I don't know. Just an English guy. He's kind of really just uh, there to display his pathetic single <laughs> life that he's leading. Yeah, he's just seemingly along for the ride. So Getting th- shut down by women all over the place. So that group is in pursuit of Sill, the half human, half alien creature that's running around the species if you will. Okay. And I like that. The chase eventually takes them to Los Angeles. She I guess the whole point is and I kind of oh, she starts hitting the club, you well, know. Well, the whole I I, I was kind of like this is one of those movies where you can sit there and be like, "Well, how does she know how to do this? How does she know how to do that?" etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I guess the point is like she's some sort of super creature that can adapt and learn very quickly so if she sees somebody do something once then she knows how to do it basically yeah i guess that's true there's not really a lot of explanation about 
Well, I think that, I think ultimately in this her... plot that would probably ruin it because yeah, the idea true. is that they don't really know right. what is going on because when they find her cocoon on the train, you know, when she transforms from Michelle Williams to Natasha Henstridge, Imagine they don't that even know transformation. <laughs> Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, they don't. They, they're caught off guard by the sight of this disgusting cocoon thing. Like, oh yeah, they 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 didn't know that that's what was going to happen. Like they don't really understand what's happening. They don't even know what she looks like as an adult. Well, you know, as an adult looking human. Yeah. So that obviously kind of plays into their whole pursuit. They don't really know exactly who they're looking for, but they're able to kind of trace this to. Uh, Los Angeles and you know she steals some money when she's on the train so she's able to then uh, and she steals everything from the conductor lady or whoever the train attendant that she kills so then she's able to you know buy some new clothes and so she she you know changes outfits at various points like she at first she has the uh, the train attendants clothes on which are kind of funny and then she how re- all of these clothes fit her very questionable <laughs> then she sees what i what was described on the audio commentary as a mexican wedding dress and she buys that and she so she's walking down a okay. busy los angeles street in just like this kind of absurd wedding dress yeah wedding gown a lot gown. of wardrobe changes in this movie yeah and then she just i don't know where she gets the rest of her clothes because then she wears different clothes later well, at some point, she gets it from that woman's house, who she uh, goes on to yeah, but like crash in that, that car. Like that scene where it comes back and she's in the hotel room, and all of a sudden she's got like sexy panties and well, a bra. Well, we haven't seen everything. I mean, maybe she was hitting up uh, some of the stores on Rodeo Drive. <laughs> I I'm guess sure I Uncle mean, Aaron would be very disappointed. I guess whenever she, bu- <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I guess when she bought the Mexican wedding dress, she may have bought other clothes too, but they didn't really show that. Yeah. Because then when she hits the club, she's wearing like a pink, uh, fuzzy sweater thing that was like popular in the '90s. Then like leather pants. Finger on the pulse of fashion. You get it. Yeah. She she seemingly you know turns the TV on in the motel and is able to learn everything about humans by flipping the channels for three minutes. Yeah, and that's one of the fun things we learn about the character is how much she likes to watch television. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine meeting a girl that looked like that who was just into... who was really into watching TV. Right. I mean, she... You go on a date with her, she comes back, and she sees all your Blu-rays, and she's just, like, head over heels. She's (laughs) like, good lord. (laughs) She's like, you have species and species too on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, so that so she basically kicks off various adventures in trying to mate. You know, she takes a guy home from the club. He, it turns out that she can tell that he has diabetes because she's some s- sort of higher being, I guess. And I don't know though. It's like she couldn't sense that from the beginning. Or what maybe changed she, there. Yeah, or maybe she just saw the did some deductive reasoning when she saw the. Uh, Medical kit. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, so that guy, you know, kind of gets rough with her when she turns him down, and then she sticks her tongue through the back of his throat, basically. Yep. Which won uh, MTV Movie Awards Kiss of the Year. Whoa, best kiss. Best kiss, yeah. Um, So some high accolades for this movie. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if, you know, enough can be said about just 
how unbelievable Natasha Henstridge looks in this movie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I would certainly uh, willingly die by <laughs> death of her tongue through the back of my head. Yeah, I mean, later she finally gets impregnated by Alfred Molina, believe it or not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so they have sex. Which, like, even even she's like, he's the last option. She's gone for. She almost other- seemingly is doing that to fuck with them at that point, right? Because she, she, you know, she plans this whole ruse to make them think she's dead, and then she cuts her hair and dyes it, and then sneaks into the hotel they're staying at, and then seemingly is trying to go after Michael Madsen, but then settles for Alfred Molina. Yeah, she was who's going like for kind the, of a sad sack, uh, the alpha there, but yeah, didn't quite work out. So yeah, I mean, they establish it with like Molina kind of being interested in Marge Hellenberger, but then Madsen making his claim there. Well, he doesn't even really have to do anything. Right. And then there were some girls at the bar with him and Forrest Whitaker, and then they had boyfriends or whatever. So, like, Molina's just going back to his hotel room to jack off into a sock. Molina just walking (laughs) up to those two girls at the bar, starts talking to them, and just the most brutal yet relatable moment (laughs) ever is... They start talking to him. It seems like it's going good. And then their dates walk up and they're like, oh, this is who are you again? I mean, just (laughs) brutal. So then he gets back to his hotel room and Syl is there. And then she's just like immediately nude and kissing him. And it's just like, like, all right, well, this worked out. It's kind of like the whole sequence that I always reference in Jennifer's body where that dude shows up at that house. And it's just like, you know, this is not. A good situation but you just <laughs> you want to believe so bad yeah. and it's just like i almost feel like he kind of has to know at that point well, that it's her what especially when she pushes him onto the bed and he goes flying onto the bed and he's like all right well, and he like kind of stops for a minute it. yeah looks around and then just shrugs and takes his pants off <laughs> <laughs> and then you know she's on top of him completely nude it's unbelievable and then you know, they finish and he goes, <laughs> he goes, I enjoyed that immensely. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. And then, you know, she immediately is pregnant and then he's killed. Uh oh. And I was like, yeah, 19 year old Natasha Henstridge looking like that is really into me or at least pretending to be. And I have to get killed after. That's fine. Yeah. Sign I'll, me up. I'll, I'll do it right now. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on paper and I'll sign it right now. <laughs> get it in front of me. Yeah, but, well, that's like one of the things that you forget when you're watching the movie, even that you're like, oh, yeah, the team of people that are chasing this chick don't even know what the fuck she looks like. Yeah, I don't understand that. I know. And then it's weird, too, because later or no, like right around that time when they're at that hotel, like after they think she's Forrest dead. Whitaker, the fucking psycho or psycho. Well, yeah, that too. But the psychic can't. Pick His psychic powers come He's and go. He's walking into rooms all the time being like, oh, she was here. She's upset. She's, oh, she's happy right now. They it's pick, like, shut up. You don't know anything. They just, they pick and choose their moments yeah. when they use that. But like earlier in that sequence, like Madsen sees a, a woman with blonde hair who kind of looks like runs her from up behind to her. And like runs up and spins her around and it's not her. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's like, meanwhile, that character tweeting like, yeah, hashtag me too. Some guy. <laughs> fucking attacked me in a bar (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know the whole thing with like not actually knowing what she looked like kind of is weird throughout the movie because i don't know there's times when it's like 
I don't know. They're just chasing her, but they're, it, they somehow don't ever know who she is and yet are able to keep going from one step to another right. because like they go to that bar and they're like, oh, we want to know the name. We want to know like the guy that some blonde went home with. And somehow it's- from that, they get a name. And it's like, what? Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, it's actually shocking because it feels like the second half of the movie, it, like most of it takes place at this hotel slash bar. I mean, there's not like a whole lot of setting changes. Well, yeah. In this well, movie. then, like the the weird caves. Right. Underneath. Well, then that's the last sequence where it's like kind of going for like an it thing where they're in the the sewers or whatever that is some strange chasm. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the you know one other thing we can talk about is kind of the insane plan that Sil hatches to fake out these group this group that's been assembled (laughs) to make her make them think that she's dead so she basically starts spying on them at some point at one point when she runs away from the house where the hot tub incident occurs where she kills a guy in the hot tub because he seemingly is not like mating with her fast enough (laughs) i don't know she just ends up killing him and then she bails but she's naked so she runs she's basically running through some area naked they were saying on the audio commentary that she was she was actually naked and they like blocked off like a whole part of town or something oh, wow, to do yeah. this. and she like runs into a car like gets into a like the passenger side of a car of there's like a woman driving and i guess this woman she went on to marry the director of this film and oh, okay <laughs> she was like his assistant at the time or something and like <laughs> On the audio commentary, like Madsen and Henstridge were kind of like ribbing this dude a little bit because he was just like, well, she was my assistant or whatever. And they're like, come oh on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they're married now and he, or, or they were when they did the commentary. And anyway, so she gets in with this woman. This woman's like, what the fuck? You're like, it's some like, you know, I think like if well, a woman yeah. approaches another woman and she's like naked and in distress, it's like blue velvet. Yeah. There's some sort of like, oh, my God, what's going on here kind of thing. And, you know, obviously she wants to help. So we kind of don't see exactly what happens. But we the next time we see them, that woman is tied up to her own bed. <laughs> yeah. And Natasha Henstridge is now like wearing her clothes. And so she cut she cuts off her own thumb it's funny, like, kind of a just that these two have, like, this little weird relationship for a short amount of time because the woman's just, like, tied up in the bed but having conversations with her. <laughs> and it's like, I, I mean, can you just let me go, please? Well, I yeah, mean, it's I, I funny mean, because uh, Syl is just basically sleeping next to her. Yeah, at and one she's point. like, no, I can't let you go. So she cuts off, Syl cuts off her own thumb and puts that in a purse. And then cuts off the woman's thumb and then throws that thumb away (laughs) and then gets the attention at the same club. Somehow, I guess she knows that they're going to go back to that. Oh, she saw she was like reading lips or something. Oh, yeah. She knew they were going to go back to the club. So she goes to the club and leads them on a high speed chase through like the Hollywood Hills or something and has it set up. She's going to crash into some power thing. And she loaded up the car with all this like gasoline. But she she has it so that Mar you know the woman that she abducted is gonna get killed, but that thumb is gonna be broken off, and then they're gonna su- she somehow knows that that's the part that they're gonna test for DNA, the alien <laughs> thumb that was left behind. Right. Well, I mean, she's on it. <laughs> 
So they think because the alien thumb matched, I mean, it's so convoluted because it's like, I, I don't understand why, A, they don't see that the woman that died in the car was in the passenger side, and B, that there were all those extra gas tanks in the car, and C, why would they just find the thumb and be like, out of all things, well, this they is give the thing. up pretty quickly, too, and right after the car crashes into this generator or whatever, uh, a helicopter flies by and shoots it with missiles, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what the hell? Yeah, I mean... They're just doing that in Los Angeles? <laughs> That's not going to fucking bring any it's like attention? A, it's like Battle of Los Angeles. Right. It's just a full-on military airstrike. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that... It's, it's, I guess, like, the way that we're supposed to buy that is, like, oh, these people are so underestimating her that they could never imagine her coming up with a plan to trick them. Yeah. I guess. Even though this thing can seemingly learn how to drive in two seconds and learn how to communicate and learn how to pay for things and learn how to basically assimilate the culture in every other conceivable way, seemingly within minutes... They can't imagine this idea that she's going to outsmart them. (laughs) (laughs) But we should talk a little bit about the team, though, because the team at various points, whether it's at the motel that she's staying at or at the hospital that she gets checked into after getting hit by a car, they're seemingly able to get the people that work at these places to just hand over every information and every video and every single thing that they have, yet... It's seemingly just a group of like casually dressed people showing up and demanding this stuff. It's, oh yeah. Is there any like I they never show like that there's, you know, ID presented or any kind of credentials presented. It's just like well, I know, we right. want these I, things. I, you have like, to give them to us. People at the hospital are just like giving them medical records and information. <laughs> it's like major HIPAA violations are going on. Uh, everyone <laughs> just kind of takes these people's word for it and they're just regular people. Yeah, I, I, it's yeah, it's truly... And really, in Forrest Whitaker's case, not even a regular person. <laughs> a lunatic. That's racist, man. Oh. <laughs> well, to be fair, I thought I was calling him Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> but I also called all- Alfred Molina Oliver Platt. I mean, I, <laughs> I was all over the place with this right. cast. I could not nail down who these people were <laughs> at any like moment. Brian Bell and just saying that they're all dead in real life. <laughs> So she goes to the hotel, she fucks Alfred Molina, she gets pregnant immediately, because everything is like very rapid, uh, the the life cycle, the growth cycle, everything is like very quick with this like alien DNA, and so because of like Forrest Whitaker being a psychic and various other things, they're like, okay, we gotta, something's wrong. It should be noted that we do see Mar Ellenberger's tits real briefly, and yeah. also Michael Madsen's butt. Right. Plenty of nudity. In yes, this. <laughs> enough to go around. So they just they they realize something's up. They're gonna check on Alfred Molina, just as like Madsen is breaking down the door. Sill now in alien form crashes through the wall and flees, and they chase her down to like the parking garage underneath the hotel, and then that somehow spirals into going into like some passageway that leads to like an underground cave or. Yeah, it's completely Tunnels. bizarre. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things. And this is where it kind of feels like that alien thing again, because we're like in the dark. You don't know where the thing is. 
Yeah, it was supposedly they like they modeled those sets after like the La Brea tar pits or whatever, but it also doesn't really make sense because at one point when they finally like track her down and they realize she's given birth, so now they have like these two alien beings or whatever that they're contending with. Like there's this like pool of liquid and they're like it's gas or it's oil or something. It's like why would there just be like oil underneath this hotel? I don't know. It's so bizarrely located and so sprawling. It it goes for so long, it seems. It seems like it's kind of unsafe to build a huge structure over top of this area that's like all a cave underneath. But somehow this leads to like a very Alien 3, Terminator 2 style ending with, you know, falling into the fire that is on the... Like the oil pool is caught on fire and, you know, falling into it, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they have to have a showdown with the recently born baby alien. Yeah. Completely nude child. Right. <laughs> and kill it. Yeah. I mean, whenever we were watching it, I think, and when I watched the audio commentary, somehow both times I missed uh, Ben Kingsley's character getting killed. What? Oh, yeah. He just gets killed. I, I can't remember how he dies, but it's during this pursuit. Yeah, I think it gets him. I yeah. think the baby gets him. I don't know. Yeah, at the end we basically have Madsen, Hellenberger, and Whitaker, right? They're all yeah. still alive. I think so. Whitaker has a close call, but they're able to rescue him, I think, right? Well, there's a part where like the alien is about to fall into the fire, but like hanging on to Force Whitaker's foot and yeah. Madsen shoots it in the face, but like right after delivering like the big final line. And I get like I, what does he say? Like let Go, oh, motherfucker. Or yeah, it's so like that. bad. It's kind of like the Jaws. Well, yeah, the thing, whole thing was, I guess they spent like hours debating, coming up with the line. Debating and, and that's what they landed on? Well, because I think originally it was something like, you bitch, but that was just like aliens. Oh, yeah. With Sigourney Weaver. So somehow that's what they settled on. It stinks. Yeah, I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> like a lot of the dialogue in the movie. But I mean, overall, it's just kind of a fun. You know, silly, sexy. Should be mentioned, by the way. Movie. What's the chick's name? Helen Marge Helenberg. Yeah, Helenberger. Uh, Helenberger. Uh, her character, thirsty AF. Really? Oh yeah. For, uh, yeah. Michael Madsen. Honestly, tr- I mean, the whole movie is about chicks who desperately trying to get it going well, with these dudes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, some of the best acting in the movie is between her and Madsen oh, because yeah. they kind of apparently they improvised their whole sex scene. So, like, everything from when he, like, knocks on her hotel door, okay. she's, she's, like, excited. And oh, then, yeah. Like, then she, like, plays it cool, and she's like, oh, did you want something? Like, everything they were doing, and then including, like, her getting on her knees to, like, blow Oh, off. I know, really, going right for it. <laughs> she's a lady. It, it's kind of a wild sequence, really, yeah. because it's, like, it's... Because of Syl being nude the whole time, and this being a sci-fi movie and all this stuff, like... Their little romance is never really the focal point, so you're expecting any kind of a sex scene between them to be like pretty quick. Well, this is another and one of those ordinary. things where it's like this has kind of all happened over the course of like two days. <laughs> I mean, really, not uh, holding out here. So yeah, I mean, it's funny you can you can definitely like look at species and kind of deconstruct a little bit like what possible messages you could take from it i mean obviously um it kind of sends like a weird 
signal in regards to like um female sexuality or like what what you know females would be interested in or what the downsides of like you know getting with these women that want to have babies or whatever i mean it, there's <laughs> kind of like, plenty of downsides <laughs> it's kind of like this weird uh thing you could kind of draw from it obviously because of when it was released i mean i think you know you have to kind of be like is this an aids thing <laughs> because like everybody that has sex with this woman really every killed, movie or, from like 80 something to 94 was <laughs> an aids thing <laughs> yeah and i mean you know maybe it's kind of like a a lesson about like kind of one night stand lifestyles and that kind of thing and like you never know the type of person you're bringing home and that kind of stuff you know obviously in an over-the-top kind of way but i mean i think with any sci-fi movie, maybe it's just a lesson that if a hot chick is coming on to you you should recognize that something's wrong <laughs> especially one that looks like that yeah um yeah i think like i i can remember like uh my parents had a tv in their room that had like uh yeah, where is this going like a remote that was like kind of it was like a kind of an old old fashioned kind of TV that had like one of those okay it had like a last button or whatever oh like yeah previous channel so I remember like anytime if people were like this was before I think this was probably before I, I had a TV in my room or something so like if people were watching TV in the living room I would watch TV up there and so I was probably like watching like Monday Night Raw or something and like. <laughs> And then, I don't know, we had, like, a free preview of, like, HBO or whatever. And this was probably, like, the year after. So, I probably would have been, like, 12 or something. Oof. And this movie... This like, gold mine. This movie was, like... I was, like, probably 12 or 13. And so, this movie's, like, coming on. And I'm, like, watching parts of it. And then I have, like, my hand on the last button in case somebody tries to come upstairs while I'm watching it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I remember can remember... Trick. I can vividly remember the whole sequence uh, at... At the first dude, the dude that has diabetes, like the one that she puts the tongue through. Oh yeah, and just like her in the shower after and all that stuff. And yeah, it's like neon I mean, that demon, was just life changing right. for me. <laughs> and so yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, I, I I would see the movie in full, and I think it kind of out of all those types of movies, I mean, I think it kind of lives up to it because I mean, it it certainly doesn't chintz out on its like promises it delivers yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically <laughs> like on. you know what it's set out to serve a purpose it's and like I feel you've like heard the it. rumors now experience and the it real is deal. fun i mean it's fun to go back and see something like this where you do recognize basically every actor in it yeah i mean probably when i was watching it i probably had never yeah you were like who are these chuds i'd never seen michael madsen before i don't really remember any i think i remember seeing ben kingsley i don't know it's Madsen's kind of a f- like one of those dudes that's like what if there was no quentin tarantino like what <laughs> would his career be it'd be a lot of like lesser versions of species right <laughs> <laughs> we actually worked with the director roger donaldson on a movie he did before species called i think it was called getaway or something like that and okay sounds about right alec baldwin and kim basinger are oh, in it, and she's yeah. like nude in it Okay, I, I I'm vaguely re- familiar with that cast. And, and so title. Madsen, I think, plays like a villain in that or something. And I don't know. I guess they hit it off, and he asked them to be in Species. All right, there you go, making connections. <laughs> and 
and the rest is history. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited for you to experience Species 2 well, yeah. when we get a free minute Can't at some wait. point. I'm sure I've seen parts of it before, but... Because obviously I was a little bit older when Species 2 came out, and I feel like I saw Species 2 in its entirety before I ever saw Species all the way through. Okay. And that movie is real terrible, but... Yeah, I'm sure it'll be life-changing. But it also delivers in the ways <laughs> the that it needs you would expect. to. Yeah, I mean, um, overall, I like Species. I mean, it didn't get like a great Rotten Tomatoes score, but it was successful at the box office. There and you now go. There's That's several all that sequels. matters. <laughs> yeah, so we'll keep this one pretty short, I guess, right? Yeah, I don't know. I I guess so. I don't remember when we started. But I don't I feel know. Like We're probably been... about like 50 minutes right now. No? So... 6.25. Anyway, um, follow the show on Twitter at GreatestPod. We thank you for listening, as always. Um, oh, absolutely! You know, not every we try. We we purposely were trying to keep this one a little bit shorter. Yeah, I mean, we went a little long last time, but uh, I don't know. People into it. The numbers really high right out of the gate. So, yeah, I mean, I think the episodes are what they are, and so some movies there's going to be more to say than others. Yeah. Um, but uh, don't sleep on species just because we didn't talk about it as much. It's just like. You don't want to break down. You don't want to overanalyze species. You know? No, I mean, then on, it's, a masterpiece take, like that. You're taking the fun out of it at that point. <laughs> I mean, nipple snakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's certain things that are not great. But I don't know. We're on the countdown to 100, so it's going to be all heavy hitters from here on out. <laughs> yeah. Just like species. All right, so we'll see you next Yeah.
two double cheeseburgers for extra cheese only, nothing else on them. Extra cheese, nothing else on them. We figured you'd have that already by the time we got up here. <laughs> Didn't know what. Didn't know whether to fix it or not. We, we, we wouldn't have ordered it if we didn't want it fixed. God damn! Uh, I'm a fucking what do you think idiot! This is this a fucking comedy show? Does this look like a fucking comedy bus to you? You know what? Hey! Don't you like me to god goddamn come through that fucking window and cut you? You fucking cut? <laughs> Here we go. Hey! We ordered the damn shit! Because we're hungry, not because we wanted to fuck around. Don't cuff me, you fucking ugly bitch. 